0: Your presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin.
1: Matt, I'm ready to take a bite out of this one. Num, num,
0: num, 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 num. Follow your nose. Follow your nose. <laughs> a lot of Fruit Loops references I'm going to make in this. Because uh, Toucan Sam, baby. Uh, today, we are reviewing Luca Guadagnino's *Bone* and all starring Taylor Russell, Timothy Chalamet, and Mark Rylance and more. Um, but those are your, you know, you got to reference Mark Rylance and his Toucan Sully. <laughs>
1: never dully Was sully
0: (laughs) eric how are you
1: (laughs) matt i'm good i'm good i'm excited to talk about this one because you know as as we get to the end of the year we're starting to you know discuss a lot of awards contenders and films that kind of maybe uh actually don't fit into that kind of uh, uh pastiche but i think this one in particular is going to be uh, interesting because of uh, the reputation it's built over the festival season uh, it didn't play tiff uh, weirdly enough but it did play tell your ride and venice and uh, the new york film festival and now it's uh, getting a release on the american thanksgiving uh, weekend which is ironic in a way because you know what better way to spend time with family and have a good old-fashioned uh, turkey meal Feast. that's maybe uh human <laughs>
0: God, uh, yes, uh, going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, people, uh, Luca Guadagnino, who's been kind of pivoting to horror a little bit. I guess this takes what he did with Suspiria and mixes it with Call Me By Your Name, sort of. Yeah. So it kind of does mix. Call Me sense. By Your Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, if people, uh, you know, this movie's definitely not going to be for everyone. Um, it's an acquired you... taste. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: what is Bones and All?
1: Yeah, so Bones and All is uh, an adaptation of author Camilla DeAngelis' coming-of-age novel uh, about two fine young cannibals played uh, by Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet who kind of find each other. And of, a, go- of
0: escape room fame.
1: Yes, of Escape well, Room. Timothy
0: and- Chalamet wasn't in Escape <laughs> no, Room. That no, no, would have no, been no. great.
1: <laughs> uh, it's a reunion for Luca Guadagnino and Timothy Chalamet, though, for Call Me By Your Name. And we'll probably get a little bit more into that, bones and all, in a second. Um, but yes, Taylor Russell plays Marin. Um, she's an 18 year old who is developing these intense feelings and desires towards eating human flesh, uh, so much so that her father, who's been burdened for uh, his you know entire life with her and trying to keep her out of harm's way, uh, gives up but leaves her a recording. This takes place in uh, the 80s, and it's kind of at the end of the 80s, or at least from like 86, 87 specifically, and it's sort of Reagan's America as we see uh, Russell's character go on the lam and live on the fringes of society, and then she eventually runs into uh chalamet's lee and lee is a fellow drifter and eater these 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 cannibals are called eaters and you kind of the best way to approach it is looking at them as if they were vampiric you know they they talk about uh how they can smell each other sniff each other out they talk about how you know there are certain cravings and rules uh early in the film uh russell's character marin runs into uh mark rylance's uh freak on a leash uh sully who has been doing this
0: god bless him
1: (laughs) quite a long time ponytail and all uh and he is a low energy freak in this movie um and with that like you kind of get this weird like father daughter thing but it's still sexual and he kind of gives her a little bit of that kind of like you know what makes you tick or what kind of makes you work and you kind of, why you have to do what you do and what compels you to do it. Um, beautifully shot. Uh, the score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross is very subtle, you know, for, for, for an 80s, great. For an 80s embedded film, you think that they would have gone a little bit more synthy in their sound design or the development, but it's a very sparse movie mm-hmm. in both its dialogue And the score, but there are intense moments of violence, but still minimalistic, and it makes it even more graphic because they don't happen that often. So you kind of have to give the movie you know time to kind of develop and get to those moments and it is kind of referencing everything from bonnie and clyde to catherine bigelow's near dark claire Denis' trouble every day and even one of my favorite lost underrated, boys
0: you mentioned too
1: lost boys and one of my favorite underrated horror movies it's also a cannibal film ravenous so you know there's all these films at play that are kind of you know interwoven into this film that is very much, a, um, a strange kind of love letter to horror movies. And, and, and it is also Luca Guadagnino's first movie to shoot in America. He's never shot a film no. in the U S so, and he's also working, you mentioned Suspiria. He's also working with, uh, the same screenwriter again, uh, David, uh, Kikajanich. So, um, you know they're working together, so it's it's interesting where he kind of brings in and Michael Stuhlbarg as well from Call Me by Your Name also plays in eater. Now we know as why he well. had that
0: hair in Doctor Strange,
1: <laughs> exactly. And sadly, he didn't have the overalls in, in, in Doctor Strange, but it subverts expectations. It plays with genre elements that any horror fan, specifically horror fans of the '80s, will really I think uh, like to dine into and 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 rip apart. But it's also a film that you need to be patient with in order yeah. to get to the place where, where it goes, but it also does meander.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm conflicted on this one because uh, ultimately I like it and I think I like it quite a bit. I'm maybe not in love with it though. Um, I think everything you mentioned, like I I love the cinematography. I love Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score. Um, I love the production design. I love the setting of the movie. Um, I love the performances. I think Taylor Russell is fantastic. Um, I think Mark Rylance is a riot. And I kept thinking, I keep mentioning Toucan Sam because I just think- Toucan music. Sully. Yeah. Um, I think using the term "following your nose, I'm like, you that has to be a riot. Like, no one else says that other than Toucan Sam. Um, there's a moment where someone's eating Lucky Charms in this movie where I'm like, why Why isn't it Fruit Loops? Why isn't it Fruit Loops? Um, that being said, like, I like David Gordon Green and Michael Stuhlbarg and Andre Holland. And, and uh, like, I, I really think there's so much good in this movie. But I think that meandering nature and kind of, um, you know, there's ultimately a plot. But... Um, it, it just kind of it doesn't necessarily lose me, but as it kind of meanders throughout its its runtime, I, I never it never got its its teeth sunken into me, and and that's the thing, like where I ultimately like really I, I maybe not really enjoyed it, I ultimately enjoyed it for what it is. Um, but there was something missing from it all coming together for me to to really love it. Um obviously like I mentioned earlier the movie's not going to be for everyone. Obviously if you don't like gore or movies about cannibals, skip it. But like I think even the way that it's it's pacing and the way it uses its violence and even that supernatural nature to the movie. Like, even if you know what this movie is about, about two cannibals on kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde style kind of road trip, but they're eating people. Um, it's just, I think that like, it's jarring when you get that, like we can smell each other thing and you have this really kind of zany um, Mark Rylance kind of character. That's like zany in a subtle but over the top. He's still way. a character. It's like, like yeah, he's,
1: he's kind of almost doing this kind of like folksy Southern James Taylor thing. But if yeah. James Taylor was a cannibal
0: and we've seen Mark Rylance kind of do that in, 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 in these kind of, he has the same kind of cadence in don't look up and ready player one and stuff like that, where he's playing these eccentric, weird, but kind of like strange characters, um, doing this similar kind of voice he does. And when he, You know the beginning of the movie, I think, is fantastic. That first moment when you find out Marin, you know, craves flesh, is makes your skin crawl and and peel back literally. Um, And it's 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 like holy shit. And then the movie kind of you're like, oh fuck, okay, let's go. It takes a while for Chalamet to get there, but then you know when Rylance enters the movie and you get the like, I can I can we can smell each other thing, you're like, oh. Okay, I didn't expect this movie to go that route where it is when you mentioned vampires after I'm like, oh, that kind of made it come together for me a little bit because I feel like, you know, when when it adds that kind of thing in there, that is a little bit of a ridiculous concept. If you're viewing this as a something that takes place in the quote unquote real world. Um, where you're like, okay, cannibals can't smell each other out, <laughs> like that's ridiculous. But then when you view it as kind of this supernatural love story where they're almost vampires, but instead of calling them vampires, they're just cannibals, which I almost think they should have just went the vampire side of things. But maybe that's been overdone, or maybe that's not as interesting, or something like that. Um, I still think even if you're on board of what this movie is, that could throw you off a little bit. And it threw me off a little bit to have this kind of supernatural element to it. It doesn't mean that I didn't like it ultimately, but it just kind of threw me off. And then throughout the movie, it has its up and downs where, um, you know, I I like all those things that I mentioned about the movie and I'm almost admiring the movie more than I was enjoying it. So like, I'm kind of conflicted on it. I, I, ultimately like the movie I think I li- I like it more than Suspiria I like it more than Call Me By Your Name um but there's just something about all of that coming together than when this movie ends I was like I think I liked that but I'm not entirely sure
1: Yeah I've I've liked most of Luca Guadagnino's stuff maybe with the exception of Suspiria I've, I've also really liked The Bigger Splash and I liked The Bigger Splash um, well. I am Love as well and 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 David uh, uh Kakanich also uh, wrote a bigger splash, so um, there are genre elements in there as well. With with this, I mean, like the story, I, I I think is maybe the one thing where a lot of people will kind of lose interest in because if you don't have something, if you're a plot driven person, there's nothing. Which wrong I with I would that. say I
0: kind of am. So yeah,
1: there's not a lot of plot there. The main story is about self discovery, and it's about this young woman who. Is trying to find out who or what she is on a road trip to visit her mother that she's been estranged from her whole life and she's going to Minnesota and, and it's just kind of like the, the her travels and tribulations as she goes along. So with that in mind, you have to kind of consider like you know, even in the film, there's a moment where the characters say that like, or talk about like the things that you need or the things that you have. It's like one of them is you either, you know, have space or you're kind of closed off in a single location or, you know, you're, you're, you're dead. And I think you need the space in order to let this movie breathe. And if you are on its, you know, wavelength, it's, it's a vibe film in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways where like, you just need to kind of get on it's you know train of thought and 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 go with it if you don't buy into it you are going to have a very long two hours and i think 18 minutes of watching this thing and and i think part of what will take people out as well that are familiar with luca guadagnino and 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 timothy chalamet and and call me by your name is you know the army hammer stuff as well and 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 that's understandable because again like you know it's it 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 is very strange that you make a cannibal movie after your co-star is accused of, you know, having those desires. And then you decide, okay, well, I'm going to make a movie about cannibals, you know, and and have one of my co-stars from that movie in a romantic leading role in the film. And I like Timothy Chalamet. I think he's he's good in this. And I, I liked him more in Call Me By Your Name. But I think the biggest problem here is that he's he's more of a cipher than anything else i think a a big part of this story or or a big part of of why i like the movie so much is because of taylor russell i think yeah. she is incredible in the film in a very <clears throat> subtle uh way and you know like you you care about this character weirdly enough even though she's done some horrible things but you're still on her side in terms of the vulnerability and also trying to figure out what she is and living sort of in a very extreme state of being in a world that does not accept her and has kind of marginalized her and pushed her to the side and having to live in, you know, Reagan's America where, you know, capitalism reigns supreme and the people that are at the bottom are basically having to eat each other in order to survive. And that metaphor is a very meaty one, but I like this, so much more than say something like the menu which i think the menu kind of is more one note with you know it's sort of criticism of capitalism commentary and and hierarchy and the structure of how people live where this i think all of that is there but it takes its time and it's again you know doesn't
0: spoon feed you (laughs) it
1: exactly uh it's 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 one of those movies that is is very much about the atmosphere and the mood and the tone. And if you kind of, you know, all of that all is 10 of that. out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good art house horror genre flick that kind of plays in both pretension but is poignant. And I think if I liked the chemistry more between Chalamet and Russell... I would have loved the film. Yeah. But I think as it is now, I'm more on the side of loving Russell's performance and her love of of becoming who she is mm-hmm. as a person and having to figure that out. I think that's the strongest element of the film and then you have, you know, the, the gorgeous cinematography you have you know mark rylance being you know toucan sully in a very weird (laughs) kind of way um the score the sound design is incredible the way that you know flesh is cut or opened or just like those things that are very unsettling and and i think guadagnino is very smart with keeping the violence to a minimum because when it happens it's more impactful Impactful, yeah it's still
0: very gory
1: it is, but it's it's one of those things where we were talking about it afterwards where it was like, we're, I think we're so desensitized by what we've seen. Like the last time I truly winced at something that was, was graphic was, was last year with, with T-10. There are moments in that movie where you, and you don't even necessarily see everything, but there are moments that the, the direction and the editing and the way that it's timed, how it implies certain things or how it's sort of, composed in a shot really makes you uncomfortable that kind of discomfort isn't the same here where i felt that that was more visceral this has a visceral quality but it's more again of the aesthetic like it's kind of showing off its its style where i think that
0: first moment made me kind of go oh my god okay it's finger licking good Uh...
1: (laughs) to quote bill paxton from near dark
0: yeah that, um, that's where that originated. Well um, yeah because
1: that's cuz that's the movie like it feels like a lot of people have yeah. been saying that online that it, it like you know that movie is about vampires and it's about this young guy who kind of falls in love with this young vampire and then kind of gets brought into her family of nomad vampires and they kind of travel along, um, America's South. And, um, you know, it's this kid coming of age, actually the guy who played the, 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 the cowboy character, um, Adrian, uh, uh pastor was on that show heroes. A lot of people probably recognize him from that, but, um, that movie as well. It's like less on plot and more on tone and sort of just kind of living in the moment as the character is transforming into this creature, but also kind of trying to, um, you know, put a stop to those cravings and want to be, you know, human and, and sort of being conflicted by that desire of wanting Mm -hmm. to feed. And yeah, again, that's why I think it's easy. It's more acceptable or, or you can accept it better if you, look at it as kind of supernaturally adjacent in its absolutely mythology and character building
0: which it is it absolutely is um i think the other thing that didn't just it, i both appreciate the movie for but also didn't work for me at times is how straight the movie um oh, it's plays very all of this it's very earnest to the point where you know i I, it's darkly funny at times with the mark Ryland stuff and 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 then I went back and forth there's some moments near the end of the movie where I, I never knew if I'm like, am I supposed to laugh at this at times or am I laughing at it instead of with it? where like you know there's some music choices near the end of the movie where I, I found like undercut you know what they were trying to do very earnestly with this love story, and I think just the ridiculous nature of. Maybe, you know, how earnest they play this cannibalistic relationship that when in some of those moments that are supposed to be, I think, you know, it's a love story. It's supposed to be like, even though it's a fucked up love story where they eat people, it's like you're still supposed to feel that, you know, like you said, that chemistry or that that love between them. But then I found myself going, this is fucking insane. And then laughing at it with like a very earnest song playing in the background or something like that, where um, and maybe I would have bought into it a little bit more to to your point if I bought into their chemistry a little bit more because like i I've never really been on the Timote train like i I like him. I have nothing like against him, but I've never gone. That that fucking kid's got it, and like in anything, like I've just I've never really been like. Except Lady uh, Bird,
1: I would say Lady Bird's Sure, but he's in that like
0: he's... for I I yeah sure I I I think he's great in Lady Bird, but he's just he's not really a huge part of that movie. Um type. Yeah, that hella tight line is fantastic. But like I've never bought him as this leading man, like, and I've never like loved him in anything that I've seen him in. Um, and in this, I don't know if it's just I would have preferred someone else cast in that role. Maybe I would have bought into it a little bit more, but I agree with you with Taylor Russell. But there's just some moments throughout where I'm like, this is played very straight and very earnestly, and I think it's supposed to eventually convince you and get past the were cannibals eating people or uh, with the supernatural element and you're supposed to kind of buy into their love story and almost feel for them um, and want them to like, you know, you know, this love to work um, even with these, <laughs> their cravings and stuff like that. But like I never got to that point and I found myself, if I'm laughing in your, in, in your climax of your movie at the very end, I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you. I think that that moment is supposed to be more profound than maybe it actually is, but I also still appreciate it for being so earnest and 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 kind of, you know, in the moment. Um the other thing that I do really love about this film and and I mentioned it a little bit with the music is that even though it takes place in the 80s, it doesn't overdo it with the the look and feel. I feel like there is a nostalgic factor with a lot of these filmmakers who were, you know, children of the 80s making movies now and growing up and, and, and telling their stories or telling, you know, versions of their stories in a way that kind of, you know, hyper-stylizes the aesthetic of the period you know you look at things like as simply as as like stranger things where it's like man the 80s were this you know rad time where everything was just like you know uh neon and technicolor and you know all this synth based music and and it doesn't do that i think it's smart enough of a movie that it kind of holds back on that and shows you a part of america that's on the poverty line but also it could be any time. It could be the '70s. It could be the '90s. It could be the the '60s, and so on and so forth. But it still has those touches of of you know hair metal music and and references and and technology and, and things P. like. Amp, Wendy's, uh, Dokken T-shirts, things like that, that are all there, but it Greyhound. doesn't do it. But it doesn't the do official it in a way, bus line
0: of cannibals.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't do it in a way that fetishizes. No, yeah, the period. It does. It
0: it goes back to your comment about a vibe. Like it yeah. has that kind of '80s or like retro vibe to it. '70s, '80s, but it doesn't hammer down like this is the late '80s kind of thing. Uh, of which I I also appreciate. Like it's there. It's very present in the movie, and but it is. It goes back to vibe is the perfect word. What? <laughs> hey Siri, hey Siri, stop! I don't know what she's going. Okay, no. <laughs> I, I don't know what I said, but anyways, um, yeah, it's definitely a vibe movie. If you're if you're vibing with it, I think you'll really enjoy it. I vibed in and out of it. So I ultimately, I'm going to give the movie a three and a half. Like I, I still think it, it is, is a good movie. Um, and mostly I think I appreciate its production and everything whether it's it's cast, it's music, it's look, it's cinematography, it's production design. It's just, it's vibe of the whole thing rather than I do the actual kind of plot, um, which is okay. Um, and I did find myself laughing at it at some points, but then appreciating how earnest it treats the subject matter and really kind of goes, no, this is a love story and we're going to treat it like that. Even if there's a lot of fucked up stuff happening around it. So uh, I think Mark Rylance is great as Toucan Sully. Like uh, there's a lot of good shit in here. Taylor Russell is fantastic. So I'm going to give the movie a three and a half.
1: Yeah. I, I, Luca Guadagnino is a romantic and you can tell that like, you know, he's playing it as, as such. And you know, you, you see, call me by your name, you see, I am love. Like there is the melodrama of it all, but um, even with the bigger splash, like it's, it, but he's, he's playing in genre as well. And, and I do like the idea of this guy going, you know, back to back doing horror movies and now he's already finishing his next film, which is kind of going a completely different direction with kind of like a tennis, marvel
0: movie
1: <laughs> uh, I was, I was gonna say it was zendaya you know going yeah. from timothy chalamet to zendaya and doing uh mm-hmm. um a sports comedy riff and 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 so you know, maybe that's a good palate cleanser in, in, in a way um but yeah i really do like this movie um but i wanted to love it i i, I think it's one of those films where like i think there's a lot to like and i still I'm giving it four stars. It's just one of those things where it's like, I wanted to give it five because there's so much in there that I, I love in general when it comes to um, horror movies and the period that it's depicting and the, the, the graphic nature of these characters wants and desires, but also trying to figure out who they are. It is probably one of the best, you know, if you want to call it a YA adaptation, that's fine. Um, it probably is one of the best versions of that. It's better than the hunger games. Although you could, re- you could call this movie the hunger games. Um, so it's just one of those movies as well, where I feel like maybe it it's one that needs a force feed in order to kind of really like it. Um, but I am, Interested in rewatching it again at some point? So
0: yeah, same. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. You can go check out the newest episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, where Eric and I talk about our recent trip to Los Angeles, uh, where I spent a week going to places like the Disney Lot, Universal Studios, and Disneyland, and uh, you know, the, just all over LA, driving around in a Dodge Challenger. <laughs> Uh, on my own little road trip with my wife, we did not eat anyone, but we ate lots of good food. So I'll talk about that as well. Did we go to a restaurant that's featured on Vanderpump rules? We absolutely did. Um, did I eat in and out multiple times? I absolutely did. Um, oh my God, we went to a great top breakfast taco place called home state. I'm talking about food now cause I feel like it's fitting for this. um, home state tacos they're like texas breakfast tacos oh god they were good um so go check out the newest episode of untitled movie podcast where i talk about all of that stuff as well as strange world the press conference and my my trip to see that movie at the disney lot and things like that so uh where's also a review out for strange world don't know if the audiences are the same or if you care about that but um if you like disney animated movies go check out our review of uh strange world Um, very different, uh, than this movie, a very different vibe, Uh, a one-stop shop for everything. Just head over to untitled underscore movies. That's the only thing I'm going to plug now because social media is just a nightmare. So (laughs) I think that makes the most sense for a movie podcast. Just head over to untitled underscore movies on letterbox. That's where you'll find everything. Uh, you can still follow me on all social medias at Matt Rohrbeck including Hive, whatever the hell that is.
1: (laughs) We're hive-minded these days. Uh, I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash scene and on the social medias at em6211.
0: Until next time.
1: Follow your nose. You did it. (laughs)